you stare at these things long enough, you're supposed to see some kind of hidden three-dimensional picture. Oh, yeah, look, it's a sailboat. You saw it too, damn it! Oh, she calls you callow in here. You say that like it's bad. Well, it means frightened and weak-willed. That was the only part of the letter I thought was complimentary. This is Brody's private hell. Where the hell did that come from? What's going on here? And these... Brody man, Nietzsche Nochies. ...are his friends. Hey everybody, welcome to you to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Devin. This week we are talking about the Kevin Smith film Mallrats, his follow-up to Clerks, which I had seen before, I think, and you guys had not seen. <laughs> you think? I never saw it. I rewatched it for the podcast, and there were segments of this is like, I don't remember them going to a flea market. I don't remember the fortune teller. I don't remember oh, no. huge chunks of this movie. I, I must have fallen asleep the first time I watched this and just counted it as watching it. Or so. maybe you saw it on like, I don't know. They were showing it on some weird TV channel at like one o'clock in the morning, but they still like had to edit Comedy Central out. or something. Yeah. No, I feel like I watched it from the library and I don't think the library was editing their DVDs. I feel like I just fell asleep <laughs> and was like, nope, nope, I'm not. I'll do that thing where I'll fall asleep on the couch and be like, no, I'm awake. I'm, I'm I'm good. Like I didn't miss anything. <laughs> okay. I totally know counts. what's going on right now. I missed Still like counts. two episodes of big mouth doing that. So, Oh, I hate that. Yeah. I'll stop a whole series. If I do that. Oh really? See, that's the right. Thing yeah. I won't do. go back and rewatch. I mean, that's such a good show though, that I had it's to, so worth it. Like, uh, but anyway, uh, yeah. So this is your guys's first time watching Mallrats, rats. And this yeah. is your second mm-hmm. Kevin Smith film. Mm-hmm. So we're going through the view askew universe. I think, the goal is we're going to probably take a break after this episode, but the goal is to get you guys through view askew in time yes. for Jay and Silent Bob reboot, which should be coming oh, out I'm in excited. the fall. So, so who wants to go first with their thoughts? No, I'll go first. Okay. Uh, well, before we get into it, if anyone hasn't seen mall rats, um, it's about a bunch of 20 somethings going to the mall in the nineties. Early 20s something. Yeah. yeah. Like they're like either in still in college or just out of college. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, both dumped by their girlfriends. Two best friends seek refuge in a local mall. <laughs> That's pretty That sounds about right. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Ryan. So what'd you think? Okay. So as everybody knows, I was kind of critical of clerks, but like kind of critical, kind of not. It's one of those things, but I love this. Okay. Like I honestly mm. did. Um, I said... I said before with Clerks that if this is where he started at, then I can't wait to see what he does after. As in, like, the first Clerks, eh, you know, wasn't really a big fan of it, but I could see potential. Mallrats was everything good I saw about Clerks amplified with, with, with all of the little silliness that I just, I couldn't wrap my head around. Either shrunken down to where it was only, like, a... Uh, just kind of like a, the end of a joke for uh, for a short scene or was taken out completely. Um, the dialogue was great. It was very simple, but then again, so were the characters. And I could, I saw myself in like almost everybody, which was hysterical. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, the, the main thing that I couldn't get around is that I was that person who hated the Magic Eye books. I never saw oh, anything in the magic eye books. Like teachers would bring them to school. It's like, oh, look, it's a carriage. And I throw the book across the room. Like, no, there's nothing on these stupid pages. 
I was that kid. Like, I never saw anything. I hated those things. Devin, could you see the stuff in the Magic Eye books? Always. That was my favorite thing to do. I I, uh, had a saxophone teacher who, like, had a stack of those books in the waiting room before the saxophone lessons. I would request to go there an hour before the lessons to read the Magic Eye books before we got to the lesson because I was that obsessed with them. My my wife loves the magic eye stuff. Yeah, I, uh, yes. I never see it. Uh, I can see the stuff. So we can see the sailboat. <laughs> you can't. I think the picture for the for the for on Facebook for this episode is just going to be magic eye poster, just to piss right. Oh, we should. <laughs> yes, hated those things. Um, so you liked it? <laughs> oh no, yeah, no. Um, I liked it. The uh, at the beginning, like there was a point in time. Uh, it was like it was right after they spoke to that character at the uh, at the Magic Eye Stand, mm-hmm. where yeah. I said out loud to myself, "I'm I like this movie." Um, but from the second the movie starts off with the two characters going over their breakups yeah. and the way that they happen, um, was it was perfect. Because it was just the way that they show both characters. You could clearly see the one was like, yeah, she kind of has a point to just leave him the way that she did. She's leaving him the way that she did because obviously it's apparent. Yeah. Like, he doesn't care. He's hiding her from his uh, mom. Um, yeah. She's trying to talk to him and he turns on a video game. And she's like, that's it. I'm done. So that one you, you could understand. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was clearly like, okay the dad's clearly messing this one up and they go to the mall because it's the only thing they really know what, you know, like what to to do, to to do in their town to kind of like to get their heads clear. Oh, the nineties. Yeah, exactly. Like that was, I mean, for being that age, being in a remotely medium sized town that had a mall, like that's what you did. And Mm -hmm. to have the, uh, to have the stands, to have, the one of the antagonists being like the older 25 year old working at like a men's fashion like store was hysterical. Yeah. Um, okay. But yeah, it was just, it's uh, everything about it was enjoyable for me. Okay. Devin, what did you think? I have a, th- I have a cycle with Kevin Smith movies now where I have to watch them. I have to watch a little bit of them, hate them, and then come back to them later and then appreciate them. And that's exactly what I did with this movie. It was a whole cycle. Okay. So on Friday, I watched like the first 20 minutes of Mallrats and went, I don't think I like this movie. Shit. Like I thought I would like all of Kevin Smith. And then I stopped the movie, watched like Infinity War, like some other like movie. And then I went on a really long walk. And I thought about, and this is real, like I'm not just being dramatic about this. I thought about why I didn't think I liked Mallrats and why I thought I liked Clerks better. And I was like, okay, well, I think Clerks is more of like an art house film and it has more like creative direction. And I was like, nope, it was black and white. And I'm just lying to myself. That's the only reason I think it's a little artier. And because I was like, I was just like, Clerks had so much more to say. And it just, it just was so much more artful. And then I thought about it. And I'm like, no, there was a whole part where this guy was just measuring eggs. And then they knocked <laughs> over a coffin at a funeral. I'm like, these are like the same movies, but this one's in color and more in the 90s. So then I went back into it with that recalibration in mind. And I really enjoyed it. Uh, and I, I mean, it was like a 24 hour cycle, but I actually really enjoyed the movie for what it was. Okay. Um, there were parts of this movie I legitimately love. And there were parts that I was a little bit like, meh. 
and Ryan, we're gonna have to talk about this because I think that the the kind of hammy, like like zany parts of it were actually amplified in here as opposed to in Clerks. But it could just be because Clerks was in black and white, and I didn't get it. Like I didn't get that they were zany because black and white just seems more arty to me. Okay. Yeah, we'll we'll definitely get into this. There's a lot. We'll have to talk about that a little bit because I'm kind of confused Absolutely. about what you're talking yeah. about. Um, so real no, quick, definitely. real yeah. quick, uh, on our Captain Marvel podcast, we talked about prequels. And Devin, you had looked up that mall, like, a list of prequels, like best prequel, yeah. prequels, and Mallrats was on that list. I know yeah. why. Do you know why? Did you do? Okay, so I have a theory as to why, and this took me a really freaking long time to look up. Okay. So. In the very beginning, the first scene, they talk about how the main one of the main characters like gave this girl a complex to the point where she died in a swimming pool. Yeah. And then that was the same lady that died in Clerks. Yes. And I think in Mallrats, it just happened and in Clerks was at the funeral. So it must have been like days apart or something like that. It was, did I get it? This is the day before Clerks. The day before Clerks? Yes. Wow. Kevin Smith has no concept of how mortuaries and funerals and like <laughs> work, does he? He has none. No concept of that at all at that point of his life. Oh I'm sure he does now. Kevin Smith, I'm sure right. you understand how funeral homes work and how, you know, police and crime scenes and all that work now. But at that point, when you made up the storyline, you did not. Yeah. <laughs> um, Were there other hints as to like the fact it was a day before? No, it's pretty much just that. It's just the the funeral, the dead girl. And this one. That's boy, awesome. So. so she. Where dies. did Jay and Silent Bob's monkey go between that day? Oh, isn't we'll that get, the? We'll get to the saving, monkey. Like we'll, we'll get to the monkey. Trust me, the monkey. Really? Is that another movie? It's in another movie. Yeah, it's in another movie. Oh my I know God. that much. I didn't even realize that they teased it in Mallrats because I said to my wife as we we're finishing watching, "Is like, wait, they teased that in this." I had no clue. I completely forgot that that was a thing. But no, oh you definitely God. get to see the monkey later on. And they teased it when Shit. like Jay and Silent Bob are walking down the street mm-hmm. with the monkey. That's a whole nother yeah. story. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, no, that as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, that that's what people are talking about. Yeah. Like I. Yeah. Oh, oh, I don't know this. I'm so excited to find out eventually. Oh, yeah. And I'm not going to tell you which one it is until we get to it. <laughs> Like you're, I'm not like you're, you'll you're, you'll just come across it naturally. It could be chasing Amy, could be Tusk. I don't know. It could be Tusk. <laughs> it could be Tusk. Oh, I hope it's Tusk. Uh, it's not Tusk. I hope not. <laughs> tusk isn't part of the VSU averse. Oh, isn't so, it? No. So we're not gonna we're not gonna get, do that for before reboot. Um, Got it. Probably. Yeah, I really enjoy this film. It it like watching it back like this close to Clerks. It's it is completely different. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I think I get what you're talking about. The, the art film look and feel like of Clerks. Because yeah. Clerks definitely does have that because it's one, it's independent. Mm-hmm. Two, it's black and white. So that like you get that feel from it. And then you go to Mall Rats where it's a studio film. Like this is produced by Universal. He was making it yeah. for Universal. It's in color. Um, Actual production a lot yeah right. like, like it's more than just one set uh they're mm-hmm. obviously not just shooting it at night so it's like there's actual money put behind this he didn't have to max out more credit cards for it right. um but yeah i uh 
there's a like the Jay and Silent Bob stuff is a very um, almost Looney Tooney. It's like it's like the yeah, Looney Tunes, which um, I liked in this. Yeah, I did because I mean I've seen enough clip scenes and people doing like you know like condensed like stuff of uh, of uh, Jay and Silent Bob through the years and seeing like a mm-hmm. whole movie of them just being bait like you have all these real world characters and then you have Bugs Bunny and Daffy Duck just yeah. as part of it. And it was just, it was, yeah. it was hysterical. Yeah. Like, well, that's part of that what my walk do. was. I had to like reconcile the fact that like, there's just going to be friggin' Looney Tunes here. Mm-hmm. Like for some reason I was like, I wanted them to be more grounded and more real, but I need to understand that that's not what they're going to be. I mean, you definitely get that. This is just not one of those movies. Oh, you get that? You do get grounded Jay and Silent Bob a little bit. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, and that's all I'll say. Well, okay, because I mean, they were a little grounded in Clerks. Yes. Yeah, I mean, but, I mean, like, at the same time, I really wouldn't want them to be grounded in this because you have, like, I mean, granted, you've, it's, okay, so this movie has to do with superficial issues. Just yeah. Throwing it out there. Like, granted, like, these are relationships. The one guy is proposing to his girlfriend like that's kind of serious but at the end of the day they're in their early 20s these aren't life and death you know problems right and but the movie's taking them on like they are which you know for being that age and at that time kind of were life and death to to people but then to have jay and silent bob just be like these two uh you know, like, yeah, sure. We'll, you know, destroy the stage. We have the schematics and everything involved. And then, you know, Silent Bob we're dressed already up going to. like, yeah, exactly. We're we're already going to like, like, like the stuff was great. And then, and then of course how Jay has the blueprint of how like Bob was going to knock out the, uh, the, uh, uh, the, uh, campaign hat wearing security guard with a sock full of coins. <laughs> like that was perfect. Yeah. Right. And the kid throws the little wooden car out of, under his foot <laughs> Devin, what what notes do you have i know you're you have a tendency of taking notes yeah all right so my first note is literally just fuck you trisha uh that lady that was having sex with everybody uh and not because of what she was doing i i fully support that she there's a quote in the movie where she said some women aren't just looking for mr toad's wild ride fuck yourself that is a fantastic ride every woman should be looking for that fuck yourself uh, that was literally all I had in all caps in the top of my notes. So my other note is that I always love Ethan Supley in everything that he's in. I loved his role in this with like his weird, like mustard stained shirt. And like, I just, I keep forgetting about him as an actor until he pops up in something and is my favorite part of the movie. <laughs> he pops up in a lot of things. He does though. Um, his, most best known on IMDb are American History X, John Q, mm-hmm. Remember the Titans, and then Chasing Amy. So you'll get to see him again. Is he the same character? I can't say. Okay, because one of the things that did annoy me about this movie is the guy that played Dante is a different person in this movie. Okay. Well, I made I made a observation about that and I had to do some research and I found an answer to why that happens. It's Dante's cousin. It's Dante's cousin. Yes, uh, he's his, he says his name is Gil Gil Hicks, and yeah. it's Dante Hicks. So I was like trying oh. to find confirmation of like what cousin he is, but no, it's his cousin. So okay. Damn it, Kevin okay. Smith, good job. Okay, so the 
character on the bachelor show that doesn't yeah. get stoned out contestant of his head, number three contestant <laughs> number three is dante's cousin from clerks yes played by the guy who played dante that was dante yeah oh i didn't catch that okay you didn't yeah. have like the goatee thing no, no 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 it wasn't just that it was the fact that mm-hmm. it, it was in color compared to being kind of low quality black and white film like that's why yeah. again i didn't yeah. catch it were there also any that. other actors from clerks that also made it into mall rats uh, i mean just side characters like um randall's not in it yeah okay so. okay but, yeah man i'm just looking at the um at ethan Supley's imdb and there's a lot of like everything on here i like <clears throat> evolution yeah. with uh, david duchovny and oh, that's an Jones. awesome movie um without a paddle oh yeah oh i didn't i forgot he was in the fountain that's he's in a, wolf that, in wall street and i forgot about that one yeah he's in a lot of stuff boy meets world like i always remember what him. yeah he he's on boy meets world for a lot of it his his dad's a wrestler. He's like the body bodyguard for the the bully Harvey Kleiner for a bit, and then Adam <laughs> Scott comes in and he's the bully because Adam Scott totally is totally believable as a bully in the nineties. Right. <laughs> yeah there there are instances there are parts of the VSU stuff where people come back as their characters from other things, and then there's mm-hmm. other parts where they come back as new people. And then there's parts where they come back as both. <laughs> um, Weird. Because like we'll we'll get into chasing Amy and Jason Lee's in that, but he's not playing. Oh, really? He's not playing Brody. Oh, okay. And then down the line, he plays both characters in one movie. So. <laughs> um, Fuck you, Kevin Smith. I love it. So what did you guys think of the opening with all the, the different comic books? Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I mean, I figured watching it that when they were showing the different characters, but they had like the names were off. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured, okay, so these are the characters in the movie, obviously. But at, at, at first I was like, okay, Kevin Smith, comic books. Okay. And then I started realizing that I couldn't recognize any of the comic book characters they were showing. Yeah. And then that's when I put, Oh, these are going to be characters in the movie. So, uh, <laughs> so then at that point I was trying to memorize like who is who. So then, so then like mm-hmm. through the movie, I could kind of like spot them because I think what they were trying to, what he was trying to do was kind of take their characters and like superfy them as comic book characters in a way. I, mm-hmm. I, yeah. I was waiting for that. Like, you know, like if they were going to show like one of the characters and like, to be dressed up like professor xavier like he was going to be like the enlightened character like i was yeah. waiting mm-hmm. to see some correlation like that but i didn't see it yeah no i don't there's a little yeah. bit of one yeah i mean i think it's just mostly s- style stuff yeah like, i don't think yeah, it was really I, yeah i think, I, I, think you, I think you read too much into the comic books that's a bad thing like that was the only comic book yeah. thing that i was thinking of because of you know kevin smith's really into comic books yeah. he's really into superheroes it wouldn't mm-hmm. be that hard to commission an artist to be like, hey, this character that's playing Brody, can you just dress him up to look like, uh, you know, can you draw him to look like an off brand version of Gambit? Because that's who he was, you know, yeah. like that's just, you know, that that kind of thing. But it, it, it became apparent that one. I couldn't remember who was dressed up as who, <laughs> but, but by the time it was over, and by that point, I didn't really care because I was in the middle of watching the film. Yeah, I made I made a note on one of them. It was Ben Affleck as Buttman. 
Yeah, and that then, one fits. Yeah, okay. I didn't. Okay, I missed that one. I missed that one. I yeah, like yeah. that one. Also, it, good job, Kevin Smith, for calling that he was going to be Batman in the future. Yeah. Kevin Smith can predict the future. Fan theory. I mean, I there's a lot of like if you look at like the Simpsons and all the stuff that they predict, like it's it's yeah, really, that's right. like, a lot of people in the '90s knew a lot of shit before it went down. So they really did, though. Devin, which character in this film did you identify with the most? I identified with. That's a really good question. Um, there were okay, so there were I switched during it. Okay. So there was a part with Brody. And I know we're going to talk about this in depth, but I'm going to bring it up with Brody and Stanley where he was just asking about the penises. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, that's me. That's absolutely me. And then there were times in like the cycles of the relationship where I identified more with TS. So it, it, it kind of fluctuated between the two main characters, but definitely those. Oh, and Kevin Smith, when he kept trying to do the Jedi mind shit on everything, (laughs) I would be in high school just going, to I remember and it I was never, there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would do that to everything and it never worked. It never worked. No. no um, never did. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. I, I definitely split between Brody and TS at times. Yeah. And I think that the film does that pretty well. It lets you identify with both main characters. Well, like mm-hmm. if, if Brody was super unlikable, then it, it would throw off the whole film. But the fact that they're both kind of likable and both have their quirks about them. And Mm -hmm. and yeah, honestly, I really think a lot of people would say the same thing because I mean, Mm -hmm. that's what, yeah, that's what my answer for that one is too, is because it's just, there are times when Brody is just being an idiot, but then TS, even though he's being dumb too, it's like, yeah, I could see myself reacting that way. And then Brody does something. It's like, yeah, I think that way too. But yeah, no, the whole, (laughs) The whole thing with like asking, like being obsessed with like superhero, like sex organs, like th- that's just one of those like nerd geek things that I just roll my eyes at and, and always have. Like, oh, yeah. Um, I hate it when that happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's very contrast to Clerks, too, where like you didn't like Randall at all. Yeah, no. But here, both of your main characters are likable. So it. Yeah. You can see you can see the the Kevin Smith learning about characters and growth and all yeah. that characters so. and screenwriting. Yeah, yep. yeah, because I love it. Yeah, because it just it, it it's you get more out of the characters if you can find <laughs> something to like. I you can find. Yeah, 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 and um, yeah, it just he he was able to do that with both of them. Devin, any other notes that you had? Yeah, so Kevin Smith always – I feel like now after Jay and Silent – or after, not Jay and Silent, but after uh, Clerks, I feel like Kevin Smith gives himself the best parts because Silent Bob was arguably like the most fun part of this movie, I thought. Like every time Jay and Silent Bob were on screen, I was like, okay, good. I'm down for this, and I know Silent Bob's going to be awesome in this scene. Yeah, it, this is definitely the most fun that I – it's been a while since I've seen them all. This is the most fun I've seen Silent Bob have. Oh, really? Um, yeah, because it, it's just off the wall zaniness the whole time with him. Right. Um, right. And I th- I think part of it, too, would probably be Kevin Smith's like, oh, man, I got this money to, money to do these movies. I'm going to mm-hmm. do what I want now. That way, when they take the money away from me, I'll have already done it. <laughs> That's a good point. Like, 
I guess that would be FOMO, fear of missing out. Like I'm going to do what I want now yeah. and then, then I'll make my serious picture after this. So we could definitely tell, like, especially cause he like, they like, he was pulling shit out of his trench coat and like a blow up doll came out or like he had like the, what was it? The, the grapple gun or whatever. <laughs> the Batman and, like, he was yeah. almost always belt. hanging from something in this movie. Yeah. yeah. And then Jay kisses him on the cheek. Which I absolutely love. Yeah. Like that was hysterical. I love. I don't know why I did. The, I I just realized now why I did this this morning. This morning I started watching Batman from 1989. I was like, I don't know why I feel Ooh. like watching this. I was like, oh yeah, it's because I just watched Mallrats, which just takes shots and references from that movie. No, no, multiple times. You were watching it because it's it's the Batman. That movie is yeah. Batman. And I, I, I love the, the nods to it, though, because mm-hmm. of the shot with him with the grapple gun and then like Jay's the Kim Basinger, Vicky Vale. And yeah, then he opens the trench coat oh, yeah. and the, the, the metal wings come out. Yeah. Like, yes. It's just fantastic. Oh, man. Michael Keaton is my Batman. Ryan, you're, you're the only one of us that was around for. For it. I know. Yeah. How yeah. was it? Do you remember any of that Batman? I wasn't era? either. Oh, I, I loved it. Yeah. Like it was, it, it was all over like the, the, the toys from Burger King and McDonald's. Like Aww. it was one of the few times that I remember you could go to McDonald's or Burger King and get mm-hmm. the same themed toys. Oh, like really? they weren't the same exact toys, but Burger King had their own version of it and McDonald's uh-huh. had their own version of it before that they weren't because of like licensing and stuff, but somehow they both were able to do that. You could get, you know, like the, um, the cops, the toys were ridiculous. I swear the, the, the late eighties, early nineties were the best time for, for like, uh, toy action figures because they came oh, yeah. with like you had the figure and it's like every joint would move like six different ways because they use mm. uh, because they use bands in them for crying out loud and then uh and then you've and then you had like batman themed figures that had nothing to do with the movie like i had one that he was in a yellow and black suit and he came with a battery powered like submarine suit you could put in the bathtub and like it had like a <laughs> it had a thing on the back but it it was yeah. it was marketed in the same packaging for the Batman movie yeah but it was a yellow and black Batman that had like a scuba suit that had a propeller on it that you could play with in the tub like it was insane posters cartoons there were uh there were uh people putting wings on the back of their cars like it was ridiculous but it was great i've never seen hysteria for batman at that peak before i don't think it'll ever be at that peak again yeah i don't think i think you're right i think the closest you'll get to it is is either come and gone with avengers like even then it's not that crazy um because the world has changed so much and everything's a deep, dark secret. So, right. Um, Ryan, any, anything you want to bring up? Uh, I'm just trying to delegate. <laughs> it's, uh, <laughs> the thing with the, uh, I saw this when my wife was in her business meeting and I was in the hotel room and I couldn't get my mm-hmm. phone to link up to the TV. So I watched it on my phone. Um, so oh, I wasn't wow. able to like take notes and stuff as I was watching it. Um, but 
there was one scene at, towards the beginning where I was just like, oh, this is a clerk's move. I really hope he doesn't follow through with all of this is when uh, T.S. is talking to his girlfriend about her dad. And he says he's an ass and they show him like take his towel off and go ha in the mirror and they show his bare ass. And I'm just like, oh, my God, I'm going to be dealing with this for the next hour and 30 minutes. (laughs) And then but but then luckily, like there wasn't anything of that caliber up until uh brody was doing the whole like like fart handshake thing with shoving his hand up his butt and then doing that whole thing but at that point in the movie with establishing the characters and the storyline that joke for me wasn't just oh this is just a stupid you know joke like it actually Mm -hmm. fit because at that point you you know who brody is like this totally fits on more of the like more uh, you know, edge part of his personality, but this is something I definitely see him doing. And then, yeah. and then you've got the gross out factor of like the guy eating the pretzels and like smearing the chocolate on his hand yeah. and all this other stuff. Like oh, Michael Roker. Yeah. yeah. Like, um, yeah, but, I but oh, I yeah. just thought, you know, like watching it, it just, I just like watching I'm like, I, this is totally 1995. Like this is 94, yeah. 95, like to a T like they didn't try to change anything about it. I did like the clerk's hat at the flea market. Yeah, I miss the clerk's it. hat at the flea market. I missed yeah. it, but my wife pointed it out. Yeah, TS Whoa. he puts on a hat. Uh, uh, it it was right after Brody yells at the um, uh, the uh, the woman at the comic book stand about yeah. how uh, they should have boards. Yeah, about how he need they need to have the boards. Uh, in the back and he looks over he grabs a black hat puts it on and it says clerks across the top and then he takes it off and puts it back that's awesome and the uh, psychic eating the third nipple was hysterical that was awesome too yeah see that's one of those scenes where I did not remember at all (laughs) and I spent most of the time (laughs) figuring out which one was the fake nipple (laughs) (laughs) me too did you guess right I did guess right because nice. I was like I was just so transfixed. I was like, one of these has to be fake. This isn't really her. Well, no, I was just like from a makeup perspective. I was just like, which one is the fake one? I can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of these actors have gone on to do a lot of other stuff. Um, Jason yeah. Lee has had a pretty wide variety of roles since Small Rats, mm-hmm. including The Incredibles and Alvin and the Chipmunks. Um, oh, yeah. Anybody else in this stick out to you guys? Uh, the, the the one that Silent Bob kept on busting his head through a wall. <laughs> Jory Lauren Adams. Yes. And uh, what did she and do? It, um, and it wasn't until she started talking that I realized who she was. Because it was her voice that gave her away for me. Yeah. Um, she's in Big Daddy. Oh, is she? Yeah, she's Adam Sandler's love interest. Oh. In that. Um, wow okay that's the other one i know her from that's not chasing amy is she amy um i can't say okay well i'm excited to see um yeah she's in a lot of stuff throughout the 90s biodome uh, michael Mm -hmm. with john travolta biodome is where i primarily know her from because i love that movie she was in hercules the tv series ah that's right um Dr. Doolittle 2, she played a squirrel. 
She played her a voice. squirrel? Her voice. Yeah. Listen to her voice. Yeah, her again. voice is like very um She has a very unique voice. Yeah. It's very pitchy. She was actually dating Kevin Smith around this time. Like they dated for a while. Really? That doesn't yeah. surprise me. It was either after this or around chasing Amy, they started dating for a bit. So interesting one. Okay. So one thing that I do want to talk about now for the time that this movie was made, mm-hmm. I don't see any issues with it at all on any standpoint, looking back on it now with everything that's happened with just culture and with what's happened in Hollywood mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. Uh-huh. <clears throat> Do you think there's some scenes that Kevin Smith is kind of like, yeah, this probably wouldn't have flown today? I probably... Like the whole storyline with the 15-year-old? Oh, oh, right. Yeah. I'm vaguely also talking about like the changing room scenes. Vaguely talking about that, but mainly it's the 15-year-old. I mean... Like... Possibly. I I don't know. I can't remember him ever saying anything about it. Um, I would say maybe the, the nude scene in that, in the changing room, like maybe that. Yeah. I could see sure. definitely the 15 year old stuff. Like take, go a different route. About or that, but. like maker or, you know, it's like maker, like have just turned 19 or so, or to, you know, has just turned 18, but like they're sitting down and like Brody start, you know, they start talking about, you know, like, Oh yeah. Do you know her? And no. Oh, and then, and then T.S. goes, you're a senior and you're 15. And then Brody starts talking about what she's writing about. And then she starts going over like the happy face means this. The happy face with the eyelashes means this and this and that. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's and, right. And I'm sitting there going, the character is 15. Yeah. And I'm yes. like, OK, OK. Mm. So I get the whole I get the joke. It's the it, mm. you know, it's the mid 90s. They're making they're totally setting this up that it's the girls want to do this so in mm-hmm. that case i totally get the whole like yeah women's rights you know but at the same yeah. time she's 15 yeah i mean i think that's just how you get uh ben affleck's character arrested at the end so, it's true though it's yeah. kind of like a vehicle for that yeah true i mean there's also other ways you could have done that yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> like like you know have there be a pet store and have them find footage of him abusing an animal or something yeah, that would have worked. Yeah. Or defiling. Well, I don't know chicken. if it would have been character consistent, though, because, I mean, like the the running joke with his character is like he takes vulnerable girls and has sex with them in an uncomfortable place. Yeah. In the back of a Volkswagen. I love that running <laughs> joke so much. I don't know why. It was so good. Um, <laughs> I need to look and see if this is the first thing Ben Affleck did or not. Oh, and I just have to say, I have never found the whole snoochie boochies thing to be funny until I watched this movie. Because it doesn't make sense until you until you no. see him do it. I knew that it was about pot. I knew that it was about pot, and I knew that it was something that he said. It was just, yeah. it was actually seen at in the context of the whole film and not just like the clip of, yeah. of like him randomly, you know, it's like going like, <laughs> it's like, here's a compilation of Jay and silent Bob. And it opens up with Jay going snoochie boochies and holding up the bags of pot <laughs> like, to me, like, Oh, what the hell is this? But then watching the movie, Oh God, it's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <Makes sense. laughs> ben Affleck was actually in a lot of stuff before this. 
So. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, a lot of it's as like extras. Like he's an extra in Field of Dreams. Mm-hmm. With no Matt shit. Damon, he plays a bas- uncredited basketball player number 10 in Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the movie. Um, he's in Days okay. and Confused. Um, looks like a Lifetime movie. Glory Days and then Mallrats. Yeah, no, him, he's been involved in, he's been involved in acting and like, and in the movie industry for a long, like yeah. people don't understand how, how in Bedded he is in Hollywood. His like first he's... his first credits in 1981 in a thing called The Dark Side of the Street, Dark End of the Street. <coughs> well, I guess he plays like a kid or something, but yeah, but like Kevin Smith really kickstarted his career because he's one of the leads in Chasing Amy, and then that same year was Goodwill Hunting. So oh wow, and Kevin Smith's a producer. So yeah, really started him. Kevin Smith is a producer on Goodwill Hunting. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah, because huh. because good uh, Goodwill Hunting was their first movie. Yeah. So yeah, okay. So he knew he knew Matt. Yeah. He knew Ben and Matt. Yeah. Damon a little bit from working with Ben. On yeah. This and chasing Amy and help them get the script produced. Yeah. So. Oh wow. So, okay. So, I'm gonna segue a little bit. Yeah. Stanley. Yeah. Okay. Nope. We're going uh, yeah. We're okay. So, uh, okay. So. I thought his cameo was going to be a lot shorter. Like I'm talking like two words or maybe two sentences, like not a whole like morality change of life, like talk between like a father and son type deal. Like I was not expecting that Yeah, because in Marvel, he's sitting there and is he saying Brody in the movie? I think that's the word he's saying on the bus. No, he's saying, um, was it Excelsior? Just believe true believer. Just believe oh, true that believer. was it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Something so, like that. so I totally thought that it was just going to be like, you know, like with how big of a ruckus that Brody made about, you know, like not knowing that Stanley was going to be at the mall. I totally mm-hmm. thought they were going to like have him staring in the window and have Stanley just tap him on the shoulder and go say, uh, and say, aren't they a lovely couple? And then Brody was going to say, uh, what? No, I wasn't looking at them. And then Stanley was just going to like keep on walking. And then Brody was going to realize who it was. And then he was going to get all pissed off again because he missed his second chance to talk to him. <laughs> like, that's yeah. exactly how I thought that was going to go, which would have been funny. But then it wouldn't have tied anything up. Yeah. Right. So Kevin Smith wrote that role. And then the guy who was producing the movie is like, who did you have in mind for this? And he's like, well, Stan Lee type. He's like, well, do you want to just get Stan Lee? Yeah. And oh my gosh. Yes. Like, why not? <laughs> so they send Stanley the script and he calls Kevin Smith. And I only know all this because when Stan Lee died, he told the story like 20 times. That's fine. Um, yeah. Stan Lee called and said, I have an issue with the lines because I've been married for 40 years to the same woman. And like oh. it, the story just doesn't make any. Like, I just, yeah. Can we add something where it's like, I was just saying that I'm, I'm really married. So that's why they have that little scene with him and TS after the whole yeah. thing where he's just oh. like, I think you bought it. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, so just to make him feel better and more comfortable, they added that. And yeah, like him, Aww. like Stanley came out to, they were filming in Indianapolis. They didn't film this in okay. New Jersey at all. Yeah. Um, where did they film? It was Min- Minneapolis. Um, uh-huh. 
So they flew Stanley out and like, so him and Stanley like hit it off like right away and became friends. And they, yay. To, I to love the, that to the day he died, which kills me to say he, every time he saw Kevin Smith, he's like, Hey, when are we going to make another movie together? Oh, and, um, he was supposed to have a part in Jane's on the Bob reboot. Oh, and they, um, no, I'm sad. Yeah. But yeah, they always, like, he's in yoga hosers. Like they did work together again. Yeah. He's in yoga yeah. hosers. Yeah, he is. Um, I think it's in the trailer. There's a scene where they call the police and, or whatever it is in Canada. They call nine one one. And mm-hmm. Stanley answers and, and he hangs up and he's like, God damn yoga hosers. Oh, shit. I might have to watch that movie now just for that scene. Watch Tusk first. Okay. <laughs> or, yoga hosers actually, is on no, Netflix. Go, go into, go back through uh, Kevin Smith's Instagram feed. This is a video of them behind the oh, scenes yeah. where Stanley messes up the line and <laughs> Kevin oh. Smith has to do a line reading for him. He's like, that wasn't the line, Stan. <laughs> um, he posted it around also, the time. I loved, oh, sorry. I loved seeing Stanley like all young and virile in this, and it was really nice. Yeah, yeah. It it, it takes you back because like people did back then probably didn't know Stanley just from looking at him. Right. Like he could probably go through an airport and not worry about being mobbed, but he looks like he does in the '90s cartoon. Of Spider-Man, like that's pretty much the same time period, anyway. But yeah, they, like they nailed it because that's what how I know Stanley most from the '90s, and it's like, oh yeah, hey, there he is. That that's that's the guy. <laughs> so cool. So, did you guys get the reference when um, Shannon Doherty's character looked at the the uh, magic eye painting, and then Ethan Sirkley turns and says, "What's her, what's her name?" Brenda. Brenda. That's what I was. He just turns to her and says, Brenda? And she tells him to fuck off. Did you get that reference? No. I that was a reference? Yeah. That's I knew to her 90210 character. Uh, okay. I knew oh, it was something. Well, no I just didn't yeah. understand it. I never watched that show. Yeah, I didn't either. Yeah, me neither. My, my wife's like, I can't believe you didn't laugh at that joke. I'm like, oh, I guess. Yeah. I didn't know. I, I don't know the show that well enough. Yeah, I never watched that show. Aw. But I have to say, though. That is a good joke. It though. is a good like, joke. Like, I'm just saying. Like, it is. That is it a just good goes joke. over our heads because yeah. we, we weren't alive. Right. Like, yeah. People back then knew all those characters. Oh, no. I would have so. watched it. I just didn't because yeah. I like yeah. I was on the lower end of that age group and I just I yeah. didn't watch it. Right. So, Devin, I did have a question for you that has something yeah. to do with this movie, but not much. So you live okay. out you live out in Los Angeles. Yes. Um, what is what are the shopping malls like there? Are there any left? Like you're in a big city on the other side of the country. Are there still shopping malls or is it just strip malls at this point? Sure. So it's a lot of strip malls like it is. I'm, I'm sure where you guys are, but I'm a little biased. So I'm actually right by um, something called the Americana and the Galleria, which are two really, really big, almost destination malls by me. Um, and the Americana is like this, like, super luxury like they have a tesla store they have like an espresso shop like it's all very like posh and then next to it is like the mall for normal people and it is very much like this mall still but like in it they have like this like vr experience and like all these like nicer things alongside of like target and jc and all of that normal stuff so like 
that mall is still very much doing well and i don't think will become a dead mall anytime soon but like the mall from back to the future is out here the lone pine slash twin pines mall and like that one's not doing so great yeah <clears throat> so wait did, did i actually call it the lone pines or twin pines mall now or is it no it's like a real it's a real mall i forget what the hell it's called okay yeah oh, man you think they would just jump on that branding and just bring in the people they should all the malls around here are dead well are they really it's because yeah. of population like yeah. um so you've got the hagerstown mall which is slowly dying mm-hmm. like i to be honest it is yeah um you've got the scotland mall that's been dead since my wife and i came out here back in 2010 um, oh. but you've got malls in Pennsylvania that are doing fine. Like in the Lehigh Valley where I'm from, there's the Lehigh Valley mall. That's the one the, we went to. That's the one that we went to that, uh, well, that's the one that you and I went to. There's the, yeah. where, where the comic book store was, there's that mall. And then there's the mall across the street. That's the bigger mall. And that one's yeah. doing fine. They actually kind of did a, a thing where it's like half the malls outside now yeah, where they I've extended it out a little bit. And then you've got the stuff that's inside. I think it all depends on population, to be sure. honest, and the type of niche stores that that you know th- th- that you can find. I'm sure that if at the Scotland Mall, like let's say they were to invest and mm-hmm. flatten half of that parking lot and buy some land and extend it and put in a brass pro shop, they would be able to get. American Eagle back. They would be able to get Hollister oh, back, man. Foot Locker. They would be able to get those stores back because a Bass Pro Shop at Scotland Mall would pull all would pull people from Gettysburg out here. Yeah, I, I because I the, the closest store like that's Cabela's, and that's like an hour and a half far. northeast from here. Yeah, yeah, because I, that's the type of people that are around here. Yeah, I think the biggest problem with that mall in particular is. They've tried to get more stores to come in, like outside of the mall, <clears throat> all those lots. But because the township is a dry township, like you can't get an Applebee's in there because they can't serve alcohol. So that, oh. that's part of the problem. Well, there's that. So. But at the same time, with a, a Bass Pro it, Shop with no other competition in the area besides Gander Mountain right there. And Gander Mountain's not that big of a competition I for don't a Bass see Pro it, Shop. Like, I don't see something. I think it's past the point of let's get a big anchor store in because that mall is beyond dead. Like there's nothing's coming back to that mall. Mm. Um, Right now it's an antique mall where the Sears used to be the movie theater and an escape room where the Bonanza was. What? In the escape room there? It can't be a good one. It's in an old Bonanza. Uh, (laughs) I want to do it it so bad. Oh my God. Next time you're in town, we will make a point to go to the Chambersburg mall and go to the escape room and go see a movie at the shitty theater that they haven't upgraded since 2010. I'm so excited. When they put in digital projectors, they put projectors, digital projectors in and that was it. (laughs) They haven't touched a thing. They added a Coke freestyle machine to the lobby. And then they're like, okay, we're good. We're AMC now. This is the most important question I have for you guys. At the Chambersburg Mall, there was a Star Wars still there. Episode one Coke machine. It's still, still there. there. It's still the, there. Yeah. Oh my God. The Star Wars Episode One theme Coke machine is still there. The light is still on. And I, I, I still think so it serves new Coke. That was a joke. <laughs> that was a joke. <laughs> um, <laughs> now I made the joke last time. Like we, we had some windstorms come through a few weeks ago, and I was like, yeah. Man, 
this mall could get knocked down, it like torn up in a tornado. Everything would like be flattened. Everything would be gone. And all that you would have left is this Anakin Skywalker pod racing Coke machine <laughs> standing alone in the rubble. And that would be yes, it. Yes, absolutely. No, that, oh, it's still that there. Machine. Still there. Good. Um, that's just how often they've updated this mall. It still has a vending machine from 1999. <laughs> I mean, and, and, I love it. the thing is, a while ago, I really thought that the Scotland Mall was going to get better because they put in that new barbecue place. That yeah. like took like an old jewelry store and a and a clothing store and they knocked down the dividing wall and they made it like an actual barbecue like quasi outdoor thing where yeah. like they had picnic benches instead of tables and they actually wow. had like the grills out where you could see them like it was mm-hmm. it was called like Texas style barbecue it was or something a holy smokehouse holy smoke yeah oh. and then they had a retro like gaming place in there too where you could buy like uh old nes games and you could bring in stuff and they'd buy it from you back and forth like yeah i was able to pick up some dreamcast games from there so Mm -hmm. i really and and at that point i think american eagle was still in the mall at that point yeah they that was like they still had a few stores left. they still had the comic book store yeah and it was just like i think maybe they got some more traffic but it was they they failed something happened when like something happened that made the I think rent went up because they yeah. were going because they lost all their anchor stores. Yeah, I think that, oh. that that's when like the comic book store just bailed ship last year. Yeah, um, so it it's and it's been a sharp decline since like once they were gone, like they, they, I have no reason to shop there anymore. Yeah, like, that was the only yeah. reason I was going to that mall was to pick up comic books on a bi-weekly basis maybe yeah mm-hmm. at least once every other month <coughs> but now i have like i'll go there to see a cheap movie if i want that's about it yeah or to go antiquing but, antiquing but all those booths are gone now too everything's moving out to other antique stores around here so oh wow what's the fle- what's the flea market situation like in los angeles wonderful it's it's wonderful and it's gratuitous and it's everywhere Awesome. I uh, I walked to a coffee shop yesterday because I had to do some screenwriting because that's what I do, uh, and uh, I passed <laughs> two uh, two flea markets on the way, and it was literally a three mile straight line. Nice. Well, I know. For being the sports fan that I am, I would love to go yeah. out west and even to California to go look at stuff, and yeah, this is the reason why the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, even though the St. Louis Cardinals are in St. Louis, before the Dodgers and Giants went out to California in uh-huh. like the, the 50s uh, and 60s, the Cardinals was like the team for the western half of the country because the radio station in St. Louis had such a powerful antenna that on on. On uh, that on clear nights, you could get Cardinal broadcasts to the Rockies and then they would pick it up and then push them over the Rockies into California. Mm-hmm. So you would. So I'm pretty sure, Devin, if you look around yeah. on a lot of older Californians like cars and clothing, you'll probably yeah. see a lot of Cardinal stuff, surprisingly enough. Oh, I will. I'm going to have to look out for it. The and most I, I would love to get old stuff. I went to a Lids the other day. A Lids? I was like, oh, sports. 
Oh, we were, we were talking about that. Yeah. We we're so disappointed. Yeah. When we went to see Captain Marvel, we went to a mall and Ryan's like, oh, I need to go to Lids. So we go to where the Lids was and it's closed. <laughs> it wasn't there anymore. Aww, I was upset. That mall, though, does have a great arcade. Oh, my like, God. That arcade is fantastic. Okay. So the Valley Mall in Hagerstown, for anybody who's listening, yeah. put in a retro like gaming thing in where what JC Penney's or Macy's used to be. Macy's, yeah. It was Macy's. They've got the original Ninja Turtles arcade machine, Captain oh, America. Wow. They've got Joust. They've got all of these old retro and there's tons of them. They have Jurassic Park 2 the ride along arcade machine where you sit down and you get the gun <laughs> and you like you, and it's like you're shooting out of the Jeep. Uh, but they also have a night like a night, bleh, a black light like putt putt. And they've got uh laser tag. Um, they've got like the, these weird bumper car thing. Like it's this weird retro family sun center. Uh, I mean, fun center. It's great. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah it's wonderful. I went in and I played a bunch of uh, pinball. I played Game of Thrones pinball. Yeah. And they let you pick a house. What? Yeah, so I picked House Stark That's because so cool. the other ones were shit. They didn't have Targaryen. <laughs> they had like the Tullys, and I'm like, who wants to be a Tully? Like, no. Yeah, that like, doesn't make any sense. Did they have the Lannisters? They had the Lannisters, but I was like, there's only one good Lannister. Yeah, so anything else from Rats before we wrap this thing up? There was a lot in the movie that I really liked that gave me a lot of nostalgia, and I think that's part of what made me like the movie a lot. Because, I mean, like, I think nowadays, if like I was going through a breakup or one of my friends were, I wouldn't be like, hey, let's go to the mall to cheer you up. Usually it's, <laughs> hey, let's go to the mall. It'll depress you more than you're already depressed. Yeah. <laughs> so like I liked that. I liked the throwback to like the 90s eye thing. And there was one stupid little detail that I latched onto the movie. And it's when they're waiting in line for the comic book store, there is an inflatable Wolverine hanging from the store window. And the friggin' comics connection in the Carlisle Mall or Carlisle no, Capital City Mall, the Camp Hill one, um, that one. Comics Connection there had that same inflatable Wolverine, and I had all the nostalgia for that. Nice. So, like, I don't know. I, I had that a lot in this movie where I was like, oh, my God, the 90s. I missed you. Yeah. It's nice to be able to – like, this movie didn't do well in the box office, but it definitely found, like, a cult following afterwards. So Good. I think that I think Good. part of that, at least nowadays, is because of the, the 90s nostalgia. Well, one so. of the things that I'm seeing with him is that he's heavy dialogue. Mm -hmm. And just like I said yeah. before about clerks, I really would not be surprised if like Kevin Smith has a niche for the English language just because of some of the wording he did. And there were there was a scene where one of the characters used a word and they were like, oh, that's a fancy word. So it, it's it's weird, though, because I'm so used to Kevin Smith nowadays that we started watching one of the bonus features, which which was deleted scenes. And it's just like mm -hmm. Kevin Smith talking. He's like, hey, uh, we're about to show you guys some things that no one's ever. But nowadays, it's like Kevin Smith is like loud and rambunctious and yeah. like super excited, like super comfortable in front of the camera. And it's like just weird seeing something that he shot maybe 18 years ago for the blue, for the DVD, like just be so different of a character in his yeah. own personality than he is now. And yeah, but yeah, he definitely uh -uh. is very like if you just listen to him talk like. Mm -hmm. he, he does like his stand. He does stand up special. Yeah. He does speeches. Like he, he can talk for hours. He loves hearing himself talk. 
which he 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 describes it as no one's a bigger Kevin Smith fan than than myself. So, <laughs> but yeah, I like I mean, that. that that's something that just I'm I'm waiting for more of like his like voc uh, for his vocabulary to make it into like these movies. You'll definitely see more. Yeah, you'll see some more. Oh, good, good. Um, so we'll probably we'll probably do we'll definitely do chasing Amy down the line. Um, uh huh. Is Dogma the next one in line, though? No, Chasing Amy's next. Okay, because I know at the end of Clerks, they were like, they'll be back in Dogma. But, like, I didn't know if this, like... No, Dogma... I don't know the straight it, line. It's Chasing Amy, then Dogma, then Strike Back. <coughs> gotcha, okay. So, yeah. And then where does Clerks 2 fit in that? It's after after Strikes Back. Got it, okay. Yeah, because they're, they're older. Like, yeah. And they betray them to be older. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, the okay. whole th- the whole thing of Clerks too is these guys are oh god, what was it? Ten years older, still doing the same same oh, kind wow. of stuff. So, yeah, huh. good. I'm excited. All right, well, that's it for today's episode. Make sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. For you have to watch this podcast. I'm Alan. I'm Ryan. And I'm Kevin. And Snoochie Poochies. <laughs> 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 <laughs>